So hello there friends, welcome to episode 126 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I'm Erica, as always so thrilled to have you with me, so thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to talk today about what to do if you feel like you're broken or like your body is broken. And we're going to dive into all of that in just a sec. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. So hello, hello, welcome. I am sitting here on a very cold Melbourne day. We've hit spring here in Melbourne and uh, have had some like really, really warm days, shorts and t-shirt sort of weather. And then today the temperature has dipped to like 11 degrees Celsius in the middle of the day and it's pouring with rain and um, it feels kind of more like we've entered winter. So that's sort of fun. But it always reminds me of, you know, our inherent changeability and how things kind of just don't stay the same. And we're going to get onto the topic of today, but one of the things that I think is really interesting and that I talk a lot with um, clients and students about is this idea that, you know, we will feel differently from day to day. We will show up to our day and to our movement practices and to our life kind of as a slightly different version of ourselves every single day. It's going to depend on how much sleep we've had, how much you know, food we've put into our body, what other stresses are going on in our life. We can't expect ourselves to feel the same way all the time. This morning when I was teaching, actually, I was sharing with um, the people who were there live with me that um, live online, um, sharing, you know, about the fact that like, I obviously still experience tension, discomfort and pain at times. And that is not like abnormal or unusual or a problem. It is just part of being human. And I think one of the really cool things about a movement practice, a mindful movement practice, is that it helps us to see kind of almost in highlighted form the fact that this is true. Because we can show up for the same kind of practice every single day. It doesn't mean you should necessarily, but we could show up for the same sort of practice every single day and notice that we bring a different level of energy, a different capacity, a different attention span, um, different physical sensations and and capacities to that every single day. And part of this whole idea of, you know, learning to be kind towards ourselves is kind of letting that be true and learning to work with it rather than trying to work towards something that assumes we should be any one particular way 100% of the time. Which means that we have to get really comfortable or at least, you know, willing to step into the discomfort of not knowing what that will be from day to day. We might set out believing that we've got like this plan to do something that's a little bit higher intensity or higher energy and find out that, you know what, we slept like rubbish last night and suddenly we we just don't feel like we can do that. We can still show up for something, but being able to be responsive to what is true for us rather than some ideal um, idea of an ideal that you have in your head, that is self-kindness. That is, to me, 
the goal. So we're going to talk today, um, that sort of ties in, I guess, a little bit with the conversation, but that was prompted by today's weather brought to you by the 11 degrees Celsius spring day here in Melbourne. Um, But we're going to talk today a little bit about like feeling broken. This is something that I know a lot of my clients can relate to, and it's certainly something that I related to for a really long time. I used to walk around um, with a huge amount of like neck and shoulder tension and lots and lots and lots of headaches. And I always felt really broken. I felt like I hadn't been put together right. And I used to talk about, you know, wanting almost like a transplant. I would love someone just to cut me off from, you know, underneath my arm, like where my armpits are, and just give me like a a chest and and head and neck um, replacement, something that didn't feel so foreign and sore and uncomfortable. And that feeling of feeling broken, that feeling of um, somehow not being enough in some way, really impacts the way that we move, really impacts our capacity to move beyond that to something more, something different. And we talked about this a little bit in the Low Back Love Workshop that I ran last week, Um, this idea that what we say about our body really matters, especially when we are, well, always, but if, you know, if you, if you kind of like relate to this idea of feeling a little bit broken, um, like your body is kind of just like letting you down somehow, that might be another way to think about it. Maybe you don't feel broken, but you feel like your body is kind of constantly letting you down because you don't feel the way that you want to feel. Um, we talked about how, you know, your brain is listening to that. That is information that is being processed along with a whole bunch of information about what potential threats your body is under and repeating words like this is killing me my you know my back is killing me my neck is killing me these headaches are splitting my head open or you know this sort of language that we use uh we might literally say my back feels broken um they that information that that stuff that we say kind of flippantly without really thinking about it is being processed by our brain. It is being used as an input to make decisions about what threat we might be under. And like, hello, (laughs) feeling, using those words feels threatening, right? What would it mean if your back was broken? What would it mean if it was killing you? These words are really powerful. And so I want to talk about that today because I think that having ways to sort of step beyond that and move beyond that feeling of, of feeling broken is really important in our in our kind of like pathway towards feeling better. I put a post up on social media the other day, which I might pull up actually so that I can read it word for word because sometimes paraphrasing isn't my strong suit. Um, and it really resonated with a lot of people and it was about, about this um, exact thing that we're talking about, about feeling broken. And of course, now that I'm trying to pull it up, it's being really slow. But um, what I said was that if you feel broken, a big part of your fix is in realizing you're not broken. And then there was a little bit more underneath that saying that like, is this easy? No, but realizing that your body has always been working for you, even when you experience pain and tension is a hugely important piece of the puzzle. So let's unpack this a little bit because feeling broken is literally the most uncomfortable place to sit. 
Feeling broken doesn't really give us anywhere to move to, because if we're broken, how, like how would we even begin to, to put ourselves back together? So what if it was true that you never were broken in the first place? And, I, and as you kind of hear that, and I'm going to say it again in a second, as you hear that and as you kind of like take it in, notice if it feels untrue or true to you. What if you were never broken in the first place? I know there's been periods of time in my life where I'd be like, mm, no, nah, there's no way that's true. I am broken. There's just no way around that. But I would invite you to sit with it for a little bit because honestly, you know, we have that recognition that we're not broken is a huge part of feeling fixed. And I say feeling fixed and I, and I put in that Instagram post, I put fix in like a little inverted commas because if it's, if you're not broken, you don't need to be fixed, right? We only fix what's broken. And what if you're not broken? Then you don't need to be fixed. That doesn't mean that we don't do anything to change the way that we feel, but we shift from wanting to fix towards something that is very different. Okay. I'm going to be honest here and say that I lost my train of thought because twice people have come into the room while I'm recording. First, a child looking for chips and then my husband looking for his computer. So let's um, just regroup here for a second. So if we, you know, can sit with at least, maybe you don't believe it yet, but if we can sit with this idea that maybe you weren't broken in the first place, um, what would that look like, right? Like how, what information could we pull upon to start to believe that that might be true? Because I'm 100% not here just to tell you what to believe and then like walk away and be like, you should just believe it. That is incredibly unuseful. Information alone isn't actually very useful. Information is only useful if we know what to do with it. So I'm not going to tell you what I think you should believe. I want to give you some information and then you can make a decision about how that sits with you. Um, so much of my exploration around self-kindness and self-care and, and um, moving towards that sort of way of being has been around really breaking down the shoulds, really breaking down the guilt and the shame that comes with all of this sort of exercise culture and um, well-being culture that we are steeped in. And it's done with good intention, I think, sometimes, you know, being told all these things that we should do for our well-being. But honestly, sometimes it just feeds that guilt and shame that we felt before anyway. So I don't want to feed into that. And so I'm really um, conscious of wanting to provide you with information without any of the shoulds. Please just take what works for you, leave what doesn't. Allow it to simmer, allow it to sit there and, and percolate. There's no rush, right? So if we think about this from the perspective of like, how is your body supporting you to move through the world? What we know to be true is that the number one priority for your brain and body is survival. That's it. We're pretty simple in that respect. We're not simple at all, but from that sort of point of view, we can be kind of simplistic beings. We just want to survive. And so your body and, and brain are always going to find ways to make that work. But because that is the number one priority, we're always kind of on the lookout for threat, which we may be conscious of or not conscious of. And our body is responding to that. So when we're under chronic stress, for instance, our body's going to respond to that, even if we're not 
completely conscious of it. Um, But all of the ways that our body responds to these perceived and or real threats to its survival are with the intention of keeping us safe. They are not done with the intention of pissing us off or making us feel like crap. Yes, pain, you know, is intended to make us stop and it's intended to hurt, right? Like that's literally the point is to make you stop. Um, But these things are done for our good, not as a, you know, enemy attack. But it often feels like that, right? It often feels like an enemy attack. So if the tension that we're experiencing in our body, if that pain, if that um, discomfort, is your body actually trying to keep you safe? then what can we do with that information? What tends to not work very well is throttling ourselves with this message that we're broken and, you know, um, trying to threaten or coerce or guilt or shame ourselves into being fixed. You can kind of see this, right? Like if if we're on this constant scan for threat, then... Imagine if some of that threat is coming from our very own thoughts. It makes a difference. It has an impact. So we start to see that, you know, and and I'm kind of trying to decide how deep to go with this, but I, I think the basic idea that, you know, your body is just trying to protect you. And those threats, right, they can be things that you just are like, really? <laughs> um I'm trying to think of it of a good example, but, um, you know, we have so many just really ordinary stresses in the world that we might not think of as even kind of like contributing to our felt sense of stress, but they do, right? Um, traffic or um, trying to get the kids to school on time or, you know, all these little things that, that can kind of like pile up. And, you know, we our body responds appropriately to what is in front of it. And within it, but we haven't really been taught how to respond to that in a way that's helpful and in a way that shifts what we're feeling. Um, Instead, we're kind of taught to, or we've, we've been conditioned, I suppose, to go down that rabbit hole of fixing things or um, making our body wrong or feeling, you know, poorly upon like feeling bad about ourselves because of the condition that we're in because of the state that we find ourselves in so what if we flipped it and we realized that everything that we feel all of this tension is actually our body trying to protect us trying to keep us safe trying to keep us functioning and this is true for like you know maybe you've got um i'm trying to think of again a good example my interruptions have like sort of spun my head out a little bit here i'm trying to trying to get back on track um but An example might be, um, you know, maybe you've got like your right hip is always tighter than your left hip. What if part of that tension was because years ago you hurt your left knee and now your right leg is trying to compensate so that you don't re-injure your left knee? We would be able to flip that and be like, wow, isn't my body clever for figuring that out? Isn't my body clever for finding a way? That strategy that our body came up with may well have run its course now because it's actually contributing to more discomfort and potentially pain. But we're still not broken because our body did it for a really good reason, right? So I think that 
we start to be able to have more compassion towards ourselves when we see things through this lens. We were never broken. Our body maybe has just kind of like used up strategies that don't work anymore because either the threat has passed and yet we're kind of still living in that threat place or, you know, for for a number of different reasons. But when we start to see that our body really is working for us, then we start to realize we never were broken. We never were broken. And what a much more pleasant place from which to move. Because we will treat an ally with far more kindness than we will treat a perceived enemy. And we don't even have to try that hard <laughs> to, to do so because it's inherent in, in the relationship, right? What we might have to work a little bit hard at, though, is in shifting that perspective. Because we've been talking to ourselves and about ourselves in a particular way for a really long time, decades for most of us. And so, you know, part of this is then, okay, how do we start to flip that, flip that script? How do we start to see ourselves through that lens of maybe I was never broken in the first place? And like all good things, I, it doesn't come in one sort of swift moment where it's like, got it, moving on. It's in the, the, in the constant reminders. It's in the constant exploration. It's in the repeated um, questioning and curiosity and intentional kindness that we start to explore this. Because, you know, we've been practicing the other way for decades. We've been practicing it every day, multiple times a day. So we can't expect it to just disappear. But if we start to truly believe that we were never broken and we start to, you know, play with how we can embody that and how we can start to shift that, I think that our, our motivation to change how we feel comes from a really different place and we can do it with a lot more kindness. We can do it with a gentler touch. We can do it with more curiosity about what is true for us rather than getting kind of stuck on or caught up in what might be some sort of external objective um, ideal. So I hope that is helpful. I hope that um, that just starts to plant the seed at least uh, that, you know, you are not broken and you never were. I would love to know your thoughts as always. So come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb Yoga. Um, I wanted to let you know too, that I, I mentioned sort of earlier in this episode that last week was the low back love workshop, which if you've been listening for any length of time, you probably heard me talking about prior to the, to the workshop. Um, but after the workshop, I did have a few people reach out and say, Oh, I missed it. I would really love to be able to purchase the replay. So I have actually made that available on my website, um, to buy. And we go into quite a bit of this from that pain science lens. And so if this kind of speaks to you a little bit and sparks um, some interest and you want to go a little bit deeper, um, that might be a really good way to do so. We talk specifically about the low back in that workshop, but so much of what we talk about and, and do really applies to like everywhere in our body because pain science is um, you know, not body part specific, um, same with self-kindness, same with movement really in a lot of ways. Even if we're doing movement with the intention to target our low back, everything's 
connected and everything will ultimately be impacted by that. So um, check that out if this is something that you want to explore a little bit more deeply. Um, If it raises any questions, like I said, I would love to hear from you. So come on over and find me on Instagram or you can email me as well, erica at ericawebyoga.com.au. Um, And of course, if you have requests, if there's something that I've talked about before that you'd like to explore in more detail, um, or you have questions that have come up as a result of what you've heard, let me know. I would love, um, I would love to hear your requests for upcoming episodes. It's been a little while since we've done a guest episode as well. So I'm lining up some guests for um, the future. But until then, it is just me uh, simplifying things a little bit for myself um, because the last two years have, for everyone, been a little bit manic. Um, Kids are back at school now, at least where I am, and um, things are starting to shift into some sort of routine of sorts, but um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. So my reminder to me and to you to, you know, give yourself permission and space just to take your time with wherever you're at at the moment. All right, until next week, keep being kind to yourself and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Webb Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.